WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. Good morning, Indianapolis, and thank you for tuning in to Open Lines here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. Ebony Chappelle here with you on this beautiful, rainy Sunday morning alongside. Good morning, Indianapolis. It's uh, Cameron Riddle and Ebony. I saw a lot going on out there yesterday. Y'all were out. Some of y'all was clowning, though. Like, I'm going to just keep it real, Kim. I understand us wanting to get out, enjoy the 80-degree weather, but social distancing is still very, very real. Uh, we will talk about all of that uh, and what yeah. is about to happen now that the stay-at-home order has been lifted in most parts of the state. Indianapolis, we're still under our stay-at-home order until May 15th, but uh, it's hard to tell people to stay inside when it's 85 degrees like it was yesterday. I was out, uh, but we'll talk about the fine line uh, that a lot of you <laughs> may have uh, thoughts on this morning when we mm-hmm. uh, go into the open lines segment of the show. Uh, talking about that, a number of different things when it comes to lifting that stay-at-home order. Are you ready to go out? Uh, if you're a business owner, what changes are you making? If you're a customer, are you ready for crowds? We invite your thoughts on all of that coming up this morning. But first, Ebony, a lot of kids would normally be in school and they would be getting some help from 21st century scholars, but that's not happening right now. Yeah, no, that's not happening. So we know that our young people are at home doing e-learning. Some parents have decided to just do their own research mix on homeschooling so uh, we understand that they are not getting the information they need and thousands of specifically black and brown teenagers could be missing out on a free college education we don't want that to be the case so this morning we are talking with india chiefs we have uh, esther woodson as well as matt and pink that are going to be talking to us about that All right, Uh, that's coming up here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, so stand by for that. Get your pencils ready uh, so you can write down the phone number so you can get those kids some free college because uh, that stuff is expensive, trust me. Very, yeah, paying on it every month. Trust me, I know. (laughs) All right, Uh, all that and more coming up this morning on this open line show on the first Sunday in May. But first, let's get you caught up on what's happening this morning in the news. Indiana now has 19,295 confirmed cases of coronavirus. The latest data report released Saturday at noon shows 676 new cases and 53 new deaths. Indianapolis Marion County has nearly 6,000 cases with 5,983 confirmed cases of coronavirus. After suspending bus fares in March to keep customers from getting too close to bus drivers, Indigo is now resuming fare collections after installing plastic shields between the bus driver and the fare box. Indigo says the shields have been installed on the entire fleet of fixed route buses and at the Transit Center customer service desk. The new plastic barriers will allow Indigo to resume regular front door boarding and fare collection, as well as reopen the front half of the bus for passenger seating. Indigo says routes will continue to operate on a Saturday schedule through the week. Sunday service will continue as normal. In the forecast, we've got some rain chances in your Sunday if you didn't already get woken up to that thunder overnight. But the temperature will still be nice today when we hit a high of 71 degrees. Right now, it is 59 degrees in Indy. All right, so Ebony, uh, it's the first Sunday in May, and normally kids would be in school, would be counting down to the last weeks of school. And this is that popular time where everybody gets involved uh, and starts signing up for 21st Century Scholars, which gives you free college. Yes, so... um in the middle school time and in early high school is when a lot of students are thinking about this. But right now, as you said, they're out of school. So some people are like a lot of a lot disconnected from what's normally going on. So this morning we have Matt M. Pink, who is the executive director of India Chiefs, along with Esther Woodson, who is manager of student progress. Matt and Esther, how are you all doing this morning?
Well, they're there, Ebony. Ebony's having little little (laughs) issues with her headphones. I am having some technical difficulties, but thank you all so much for being with us. So I know that I've talked to India Chiefs in the past, and one of the issues was that not enough students were taking advantage of this program. Um, So I definitely want to highlight on that. But before we jump in, for people that are unaware, tell us about what the 21st Century Scholars Program um, is and what it provides for students. Yes, so Ebony, 21st Century Scholars Program was uh, formed back in the early 90s by then-Governor Evan Bayh. And so students um, sign up while they're in 7th or 8th grade. Um, They sign a pledge, though. The pledge is a very important part of the 21st Century Scholars process to where they agree to graduate from Indiana High School, stay off drugs and alcohol, and stay out of trouble with IMPD. Um, complete their FAFSA their senior year, and also graduate with a 2.5 GPA, um, as well as, again, completing that most important FAFSA their senior year. So if they complete that process, the state of Indiana agrees to pay their college tuition, which is tuition only, to any college or university in the state of Indiana. But as you alluded to earlier, college is very expensive. So having that tuition paid is a big deal for a lot of families. Absolutely. So, Matt, tell us um, more about why you think they're having an issue with getting students signed up. I know that this is being amplified by the coronavirus and students being left out of school, um, but this has been an issue that we discussed before. Yeah, just what what we find is that a lot of students don't know that this program exists, and we we really are working hard, uh, especially the the good work that Esther's doing. We're really trying to work hard to make sure families know about this, and it, it, it's a it, it's a fairly simple process to sign up. But uh, you do need uh, your your students' information, and you do need to uh, make sure you get it in by the June 30th deadline of the, your student's eighth grade year. Uh, so there are some key things that we really want to make sure we are getting the word out to families about. And that we're providing the tools and, and trying to provide uh, as much of the uh, assistance necessary so families can get this in on time. Hey, Matt and Esther, uh, I know you just mentioned that deadline uh, of that eighth grade year. Suppose um, somebody reaches the 10th grade year and they realize, oh, they did qualify for 21st Century Scholars um, is, and, and, they, and they have proof that they qualified. Is there anything that could be done retroactively to get them uh, on the program? Well, there is an appeal process that students can um, go through for, again, for that example that you just gave. But again, like like Matt said, a lot of people don't know as well that students that are in the Indiana foster care system, they can apply at any time. So they can apply their ninth grade year, their sophomore year, their junior year, their senior year. Because again, uh, we especially don't want those students that are in the foster care system to miss out on this opportunity. So that's one of the instances to where there's not an appeal process for foster care um, children. But again, um, the example that you just used, there is an appeal process that students have to go through. Some of those appeals are, um, are accepted. Some of those are denied. So again, it just depends on the circumstance. Understood. Um Going back to high school, I know that there are some other programs that Indy Achieves um, offers in terms of workforce development, things like that for young people. What does that look like this year, um, considering everything that we're experiencing? Well, across the board, uh, you know, Indy Achieves is part of the larger uh, Employee Indy organization. And there's a lot of work to be done right now to take a lot of our programming uh, into the virtual space to help uh, families and, and students who are not in school right now physically. Uh, so there's a lot of work being done with uh, Project Indy, uh, with uh, uh, Job Ready Indy, to make those programs uh, virtual. And that's a process that's ongoing. For Indy Achieves, we, we've really worked hard to make sure that uh, families can continue signing up for 21st Century Scholars uh, through our uh, online application process. So you can actually go to uh, indiachieves.org slash 21CS, and you can fill out your uh, 21st Century Scholar application uh, online via DocuSign, and that is mobile-friendly, which is really nice for a lot of folks that uh, primarily access the Internet via their mobile device. 
so we, we've worked hard to uh, make sure that good options are available for folks who are social distancing right now, who don't have access to uh, the typical uh, resources that they may have during the crisis. Esther, Matt, Ebony, um, this is one of those things where I think it just is, is, is lost on people. It always sounds like, well, what's the catch? What's, what's the additional thing to this 21st century scholars? And uh, both Ebony and I, we know very well how expensive college is. Both Ball yes. State grads still yes. paying uh, <laughs> uh, Great Lakes borrowing <laughs> services every month. Well, every month. not for the next six months because it's all been deferred for now for yeah. the, because of the mm-hmm. pandemic. And I'm grateful for that. So thank very you. Very much so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, with that said, and, and when I was asking the question about the high schooler, um, who missed that deadline. I was asking for myself. I'm long out of high school, but I was, <laughs> I'm one of those people who we didn't find out till later that I actually qualified. I think I was in college. So I don't know if there's anything y'all can do to help a brother out at this point, but if it can't <laughs> let me know that said folks, if you're hearing this and you've got somebody who's going to college, this is something that you just don't want to waste. This is free money. It is. It is. And I think another thing to highlight um, Cameron's point about not, understanding what you're um, eligible for a lot of people just don't know so if you both could just explain to us a little bit more in detail who is eligible for this program and um, yeah that's it who is eligible for this so um, I don't you know we'll talk offline about you know seeing what we can do for (laughs) well add me in on that blessing I don't want to miss out either I'm just gonna piggyback on that (laughs) but um um, Ebony, um, usually um, nine times out of ten, if the student qualifies for free and reduced lunch, more than likely they will qualify for uh, 21st century scholars. And there are students as well that are not receiving free and reduced lunch, but still their household income does meet the guidelines for 21st century scholars. And also to go back to his question about the catch per se, I wouldn't call it a catch, but also one of the um, stipulations with 21st century scholars. So once a student does move off to Ball State, Indiana University, IEPUI, University of Franklin, Indiana, what have you, they still must also abide by rules for the 21st century scholarship as well, meaning in an academic year, they must complete 30 credit hours. Because, again, not only do we want to get them to college, we want to get them out of college as well and graduating on time. And they also must maintain staff. So they need to stay in good standing academically as well to keep their 21st century scholarship. And and that's not even... Uh... It even qualifies as a catch. That's just uh, a requirement that you've got to do most times to even stay in college in good standing with the rest yeah, of the things you do. So absolutely. that's 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 nothing out of the ordinary that that's being asked. Um, uh, two three nine ninety six ninety six two three nine ninety six ninety six. If you have a question for uh, Matt or Esther about uh, how to get your kids on twenty first century scholars, what are the deadlines? What are the websites to go? Call us now three one seven two three nine nine six nine six. We'll connect you right here on the air. But uh, Esther and Matt, for folks who may catch this later, uh, what's the best way to get this process going? Because they are not in school, and there is not a representative that's or teachers telling them, "Hey, take this home, bring it back." You know, last year, and I joke, and I joke with Matt, is that last year I attended a lot of eighth grade promotion ceremonies around the city, because again, nothing will ever beat that in person contact, talking to parents while they are at their child's school. And again, a lot of parents cannot. Um, sometimes, some of them, you know, because of work schedules and everything, attend PTO meetings and different things like that. But a lot of parents did not miss those eighth grade promotion ceremonies. But since we are in the state that we're in with the social distancing, um, the best way for parents to connect with 21st century scholars, again, like Matt said, is to use their cell phone. Text the word college or universidad to the number 40458. And the 21st Century Scholars application will come right back directly to their cell phone so they can begin the, app, the process of completing their application. Wow, that is really, really, really convenient. Um, Matt, did you have anything to add to that? No, I, Esther said exactly what I was going to say. Uh, you know, right now, if, if you text college to 40458, you'll get the application in English. If you text it, text Universidad. Uh, to 40458, you get the application in Spanish. So it's a very convenient way to get started 
and uh, we will be following up with parents if they've got questions or anything else that uh, they they need uh, assistance with. Indeed. So something else that I wanted to ask about, um, I mentioned earlier that disproportionately um, black and brown kids who are eligible for this are just, you know, not really getting the information, not, um, you know, taking advantage of this opportunity. You know, a lot of times through no fault of their own, it's just the ability of getting the information out there. But even when you get to school, um, I noticed in the requirements is that you keep, you know, a good standing with the university, you keep a good GPA. For some kids, especially those that are first generation college, like I was, it is a whole new world. And sometimes it can be a lot to um, take in and figure out, especially if you don't have anyone guiding you through through the process. Um, does India Chiefs offer anything in terms of mentorship to students once they get on a college campus? Um, any preparation for what you need to do when you get there? Because I got hit with a lot of surprises. I don't know what Kim's experience was with that, um, but I got hit with a lot of surprises when I got on campus and thankfully ran into people that were able to help. But I just want to know if you all offer something like that. Um, we do, Matt, you want to take that one on? Uh, no, go ahead, Esther. Okay. We do offer, Ebony, we have a mentoring program right now for India Chief students because right now India Chief partners with um, two of Indianapolis' best colleges, um, Ivy Tech Community College, as well as IUPUI, for graduating seniors that are matriculating on to those universities. So, again, even before COVID-19, the, the mentoring program was is, has always been text-based because one thing we know about young people now, they may have nothing with them, but one thing they have with them is their phone. Absolutely. And so, exactly. So those text messages go out to students to say, hey, have you signed up for orientation? Have you completed your FAFSA? Have you met with your academic advisor? Hey, this deadline is coming up. So, again, that is for graduating seniors now um, and also, this will actually be our second cohort, again, of those students moving on to India Chief partnering institutions, IUPUI and um, Ivy Tech Community College. And also, Ebony, still on some um, colleges and universities, they still have also those support offices for students on campus that are 21st century scholars. Yeah, All right. Uh, Esther and Matt. I want to thank you so much for uh, calling in uh, to the show this morning and and letting folks know what those resources are out there. If folks have missed uh, the opportunity to talk with you here on the air, how can they get in touch? They can reach me via email. My email is e as in Edward Woodson w o o d s o n at employindy dot org. All right, and. Um, uh, the website, of course, is uh, employindy.org, as you said. And is there a link or something they can click on to find more information? Uh, they should probably go directly to uh, our website, indiachieves.org, where they can get information about how they can enroll in 21st Century Scholars and uh, find out more about India Chiefs' other programming, like our mentorship program, our Promise scholarships, our completion grants, uh, and the mentorship program that uh, Esther mentioned. All right. Thank you very much. Esther, Matt, we appreciate having you. Thank you. Have a great day. You as well. All right. Yeah, Ebony, that's uh, important stuff uh, for folks to to get. And I'm telling you, we really did find out that I was eligible for 21st Century Scholars after, um, I think I was in college by the time we figured that out. So um, What perfect timing. (laughs) No, it was not perfect timing because I'm I'm already I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) Like, that's horrible. Yeah, I am. Uh, on that same boat with you, I did not get an opportunity to take advantage of this um, when I was in school. Not going to go through that whole long story, um, but this would have been extremely, extremely helpful. I think the thing that sticks out to me the most is the mentorship. Um, this is a topic that I've you know, reported on before, and it's true that a lot of times when you are the first generation, it's like entering an entirely new world. You have no idea really what to do if there's nobody there like hey you should go and do this thing 
um, you know, to stay on track. So the fact that they're offering that is so, so helpful. So we will have all of this information available on our website after the show. Well, you mentioned this whole new world and we are in a whole new world of this pandemic life. And oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, as you uh, ha- have have heard of the past couple of days, uh, the stay at home order for the state of Indiana is being lifted in a uh, gradual stages, five mm-hmm. stages between now and the 4th of July. Indianapolis is going to be under the strictest stay-at-home order until May 15th, and that's because Marion County, as well as Lake and Cass Counties, have the highest yes. numbers in the state. You heard me give the numbers at the top of the show. We will be cresting over the 20,000 mark today when the numbers come out today at noon. So through the rest of the show, we're going to go open lines uh, where we want to hear from you. Are you planning to uh, go out or or were you already out? Were you out there on 38th Street last night? Uh, How how are you going to move uh, forward? Are are you comfortable going uh, into a restaurant or eating? I'm going to play uh, something that uh, some of the folks that I talked to on Friday uh, who were out on the circle. The circle mm-hmm. was very busy Friday night. It was even busier last night with all, all the motorcycles and everything. Were these people wearing masks? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, most of the people that I saw in the circle yesterday did not have masks. But, you know, when you go into the grocery store and all that, you see people with masks. So mm-hmm. what are the steps that you all will be taking out there? We want to hear from you throughout the rest of the show. 317-239-9696. Call in right now. Let's have this conversation. Uh, but uh, on Friday, I talked to a number of people who were uh, in downtown Indianapolis who were on the circle. Um, and so I just caught up with them and said, hey, uh, stay at home. Order has been lifted. Are you ready to uh, do this now? Are there changes you would make? Uh, what are your thoughts? So we talked to them uh, to hear how Hoosiers were reacting to the reopening plan. As Governor Holcomb begins to reopen Indiana, it's welcome news to Hoosiers after nearly two months of a stay-at-home order. We're ready for it to be over. We've been cooped up for a month now at home. This is basically one of our first times out in four weeks. We're ready. Sammy Allen was among the dozens of people taking in some fresh air on Monument Circle. Allen, following social distancing guidelines, sat away from any crowds. He says even though the government restrictions will soon be lifted, he's not yet ready to change all of his own rules. I don't know if I'd go into bigger crowds yet, but I would I wouldn't mind being around some folks. That's a similar sentiment shared by Richard Crawford, who is more than ready to go camping while keeping his distance from other campers. I don't know that I'm ready for crowds. I don't know that I'd go to a concert this weekend, but, you know, camping is uh, a different uh, ballgame. When to reopen the state is no doubt a hot topic in the cat household. Mother Melody works at a small business that is losing money. Her daughter, Sydney, is a nurse fighting on the front lines of the pandemic every day. It's not for me. I'm not worried for me. If I get it, it might be a cold that I wouldn't even raise my nose to. If my grandpa gets it, he will die. And I know that because I'm taking care of people right now that are dying. They can't breathe. While Mom Melody appreciates the job her daughter does, she's ready to get back to her job, too. I'm ready. I truly believe in washing your hands and social distancing, but I'm also a bartender and I love people and I want to get back to normalcy and I don't want my boss that loves her business as a porter heart and soul into it to lose it. In Indianapolis, Cameron Riddle, RTV6. All right. And so, Ebony, that's uh, just the firsthand take of people. It was interesting that I caught that mother-daughter duo, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know what? I completely understand um, people wanting to get out and about. Listen, I am a child of the sun. When the sun is out, I'm out. Like, I'm immediately like, I shouldn't be inside a building right now. But at the same time, I just want us to to pace ourselves and to still practice these good social distancing efforts. I was in the grocery store and people are acting like the six feet is not a thing anymore. And I'm just like, back up. And also, why don't you have on a mask in the store? I don't know. I'm a little bit one of those people that already was a little bit of a germaphobe. And then this happened and just took me to a whole nother place. So I personally am pacing myself. I'm glad that 
this is the only building I have to come to once a week. Well, the phone yeah. lines are now fired up at 317-239-9696, <laughs> We're going to start taking these phone calls. We're going to do this all the way to the end of the show, uh, asking you how you are going to go through with uh, this new world of uh, freedom. Uh, but during a pandemic, let's start with the caller on line two. Caller, good morning. You're live on the air. Hey, how you doing, Cameron? Hey. Brother Motef. How, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm kind of disappointed in the local news. I'm up early, even on off days. Uh, um, up early every morning, you know. Martin Luther King said we should rise early every morning and uh, gain ourselves, and that's how we get our wisdom and knowledge. So I'm reading through 13, 6, 8. I see nothing from the CNBC report that came out yesterday. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. You're here. Yep, did you read the report? Brother, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. You there? Okay, yeah, Brother, did you read the CNBC report yesterday? I did not. Uh, from from Hugh and uh, the United States had its record number of deaths from Friday 4 a.m. to Saturday 4 a.m. of 2,439 deaths, according to the WHO. The CDC said uh, 2,349 deaths. So in one day, from Friday 4 a.m. to Saturday 4 a.m., we had 2,400 deaths. So with that knowledge, Jim, uh, what's your plan? Are you going to go out? My plan is to continue to social distance. I'm continuing my mask. I'm continuing to do the similar things I've been doing, especially being a healthcare professional. I'm seeing that the numbers are still not going down in the hospitals. Uh, if, you, if you talk to people who are probably working in nursing homes, they'll tell you the same thing. We're still seeing some issues in those areas and stuff like that. Uh, driving around, and just it looks like everybody was just doing whatever they want to do yesterday yeah. and, and not caring. And, and so that CNBC report, from the WHO and, and the CDC probably is going to coincide with the number more days. It's probably going to be like that uh, because, um, uh, you know, we can't, we didn't do anything like China and South Korea and everybody else did when they, they locked down to try to get control. Americans don't want to do that. But I want to leave you guys with this, and maybe you can bring this up later. Uh, we're always talking about, you know, how black people behave and always talking about our behavior and stuff like that. And we see people going to state houses with guns. And and, and and automatic weapons. We saw what Canada did the other day, banning assault weapons because they had the mass shooting. When do we tell the other side, or tell us just be straight about it, when do we tell white people to teach their people, if you got a problem with what the government did, then you take it to court. Because if we, that's generally where we get most of our decisions, most of our gains we've gotten from the courts. North Carolina had a big decision the other day on a Bastion case of a black gentleman in the court. So when, when do they get to override using the courts? Because we know if we show up like that with 50 or 60 people with armed weapons, we know what's going to happen. Why come they can't teach their people to use the court system if they have an issue? Because that's the proper thing to do. And I'm tired of seeing these two sides and this unbuttoned this biasness. Yes, and not being reported properly. And yeah. thank you, call. Thank you so much, Brother Imhotep, for um, calling in. We, of course, the phone lines are blowing up as per usual. So we are going to pay some bills. We will be back and we're going to continue this conversation. I really want to hit on what Brother Imhotep said about these two sides. I have some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, there's a lot that we can still talk about, about yeah. the two sides. Uh, and then, but you know, what are you doing to protect yourself? We've talked about this so many times on this show, how black people are being disproportionately affected. And you know, if yes. Dr. Kane was in here right now. Oh, she'd she, be lighting y'all up. I know she has some <laughs> words to say. We're going to have to try to get her in on the show next sure. week. Uh, keep the calls coming. I see you guys uh, who are standing by. Uh, stay right there. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we will jump right back in with the callers and keep this conversation going. Uh, you're listening to Open Lines on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. This is the Open Line Show. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on Hot 96.3. Welcome back to Open Lines here on Hot 96.3. Uh, 
here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3. Ebony Chappelle here with our Community Spotlight of the Week. This week, I'm talking with Jay Chaudhry. Jay is the Director of the Division of Mental Health and Addictions at the Indiana Family and Social Services Administration. Earlier this week, the FSSA released a new online resource called BeWellIndiana.com. We know that mental health awareness is extremely important, especially right now. So, Jay, tell us a little bit about what BeWellIndiana is and how it came about. Yeah, so we at the Division of Mental Health and Addictions were getting pretty alarmed with some of the data coming in on uh, mental health issues that were going on. Just for example, uh, the calls to our suicide hotlines um, sort of in the month after the pandemic started were up 138%. um, And so we decided that it would be important to do, uh, you know, lots of different things. Some of those involve... Um, providing some more support and and, and programming with our partner providers. But we also thought it would be really important to uh, communicate directly with the public uh, to make sure that that folks know that, uh, you know, number one, that, you know, increased mental health issues are a very normal and uh, understandable reaction to what's going on. And then also that resources are available to help. And so, to do this, we very quickly stood up uh, a website called BeWellIndiana.com, which makes it a lot easier to find tools to help folks get through the, the pandemic. Um, you can find resources for mental health issues, substance abuse issues, and financial assistance. Um, we got a lot of great professionals from around the state to record videos on tips to how to deal with this crisis, discuss it with your children, and deal with the mental stress. And we plan on adding to this website as well over the next uh, few weeks and months. Excellent. I had a chance to take a look at the website and was blown away by the number of resources that are there. Um, just like you mentioned, so there's connections to 211 there. There is free mental health resources. There's just so much available. Um, tell us about how people can um, benefit from this and, and what they can share with their community. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, first in order to access it on your, either on your computer or mobile device, you can go to BeWellIndiana.com. Um, everything is mobile optimized. So there's, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of, of links that will work no matter what format you're accessing it with. Um, and there's sort of categories for mental health and substance abuse and then some, some COVID-19 uh, specific um some specific sites and then there's also direct links to different kinds of assistance so in terms of if you're worried about healthcare coverage or getting snap or cash assistance we have links that will easily connect you there because as we know um you know it's not only the the pandemic that's causing all these issues it's also the sort of accompanying worries of like how am i going to feed my family how am i going to make it through so we have that there um we have uh links to, to directly call uh 211 from the site click on the link from your phone and It'll connect you to 211, and um, 211 is a resource that will connect you to a variety of resources in your area. And then finally, there's a whole whole host of videos, which we encourage folks to check out, Um, just because I think that the feedback we've gotten is that, wow, those videos really spoke to exactly what I was feeling, Uh, and and, and, uh, I think that they they will be a great resource for people as, as we move forward. This is great, and I'm glad to hear that about it being a resource as we move forward because we know that there is going to be life after this, and we will still need some support and help. So, Jay Chaudhry, thank you so much again, Director of the Division of Mental Health and Addictions at Indiana Family and Social Services Administration, and that website again is BeWellIndiana.com. Thank you again for making yourself available. Of course. Thank you. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to Open Lines. Thank you again, Jay, um, from um, the FSSA talking about BeWellIndiana.com. We want y'all to be well. And speaking of that, um, that social distancing thing, we want to hear your thoughts on whether or not you are trying to come out of the house. Um, The stay at home order is going through some phases of reopening, but a lot of people were out enjoying that sunshine yesterday. We've got some callers who are standing by who want to give their thoughts on what it is uh 
they are seeing and what they think should be happening. Is this too early? Is this is this too much? Is this not enough? Uh, call us, 317-239-9696. We've got a couple of callers already standing by here on the line. So let me jump to line one. Caller, you're live on the air. Good morning. Good morning. You're live on the air. What's your name? What's your thought? Okay, my name is Terry King. Uh, my thoughts are is absolutely, I, I'm just outraged. To I can't even put it in words the way I feel. The fact that the governor, the mayor, the president, or any of our leadership would, it, would even entertain the idea of reopening the city, the state, is just ludicrous. Why do I say that? Because I have an 85-year-old mother right now in a nursing home, Willow Springs, where she was just there for rehab because she's on dialysis. She was having problems with her fuchsia, the portal, if you're familiar with dialysis. Mm-hmm. She was any day from coming home and got caught on the lockdown when COVID-ID took over. Wow. With that happening, she caught COVID-ID. See, isolation just recently removed from quarantine a week ago uh, Friday. She is in a facility where they have yet to even test the employees. Now, how can you open up? How can you even, when, when you have employees at a facility, Will Springs, I'm saying that very clear because they get on Fox 59, 230 update every day and say they don't want to tell the names of the facilities. Well, it's Willow Springs nursing home that my mother's in that has yet to test the employees that are working every day. And I know what I'm talking about. Why? Because an employee keeps me up to date. I have someone on the inside telling me what's going on. And this person is willing to stay there because she befriended my mother, who I happened to be on the phone with one day, when she came in, and it took off from there, truly so, I can't thank her enough. She's going to quit once my mother leaves. But until then, she's going to stay because she knows I'm on the outside listening to what I thought I could believe in, like the Fox 59 updates. They are lying. They're not telling the truth. And, no, I'm not going to call Dr. Kevin, whatever his name. I'm not going to call Dr. Bach condolences because she did lose her father. I'm not going to call the governor because they already know. There are people that aren't tested, working every day, that come out, go home, can expose their families. This is ludicrous. It doesn't make it make sense. And for those who feel they're exempt and don't want to wear the mask, don't want to wear the gloves, don't want to do the social distancing, you know, it's kind of like, okay, do we pray that somebody that they know love dies for them to change their mind about what's really going on here is too soon. Yes, I understand there are people out there that don't have any money, still waiting on the checks, can't ain't waiting on a check that never got a check, struggling. But it's like, okay, six feet up or six feet under. It's lies we're talking about. It's the same way with they still shooting. Stop if there ever was a time. The mayor, the governor, the president, and everybody listening or their attention. This is now. We should be looking at, before you go out, reopen the city. Let's address this. Stop the violence. And, of course, I'm going to push that because I'm an advocate for it. Stop the violence. Because we need to stop. Because Corona is not stopping these shooters. They shot up the mailman, the mail lady. They killed her. They killed my buddy Bree. And Corona was going on. But back to the issue of opening up the city. And we still have people, employees yet to be tested. That's like, that's like, forget y'all, we're going on. Let's, let's just move on. And I'm like, well, what about us? Well, I'm speaking on behalf of those who are still going to work because they can't afford to quit, scared to lose their job, but yet when they go in there every day, they, you know, the first responders don't know what they're up against. I spoke to the administrator who assured me one time that I'd be able to talk to my mom that day. Didn't happen. Now he has it. So I'm like, how how y'all don't think about opening up? Really? Because as a former United Airlines employee, when I worked in Denver, it was nothing for Mr. Smith to get on a 5 o'clock flight in the morning to go to Chicago. You know, some people drive. Some, of course, can walk. 
Some catch the bus, the subway, well, some catch the planes. Okay, so if Denver, just for conversation, say they are safe and can open, but Mr. Smith works in Chicago, so he's catching a flight from Denver to Chicago where Chicago still still exposed, and he's coming back to Denver. How are you going to stop that? How are you going to stop that? Because that's his job, mind you. And then last night, we still have in death. Have we peaked yet? We so have. You can tell us that if we were going to peak, we feel okay. How are we peaking and talking about reopening at the same time? All right, Terry, mm-hmm. thank you so much. It does not yes. appear that we have peaked yet. Uh, but uh, you bring up some uh, some interesting points, some fantastic points, some good points. Um, Ebony, as we yeah, talked about, we, that, yeah. we, 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 we've seen that, uh, 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 some of the things she's talking about, of course, the violence, we saw that there's a 16 year old who got shot overnight, straight, yeah, a bullet. straight bullet. Yeah, it is. It is so unfortunate. And she really brought up a lot of things that people are concerned about right now. Um, not only, you know, in the, in the nursing home facilities of, I had a, a loved one that passed that was, you know, already not doing too well and was in a facility and got exposed. So these things are very very real um we also have in the prison system we have uh westville that has some of the highest cases in the entire state um right now there's about 198 staff um working in the prison facilities across the state that have come into contact with it um 399 offenders confirmed positive and 155 of those positive came from westville so you know it's really i think for me what's interesting is that even when I'm reading through the reopening plan, there is acknowledgement that cases are going to increase during the time of reopening. And I'm personally concerned as well. I think there is a thoroughly thought out plan about how to reopen in stages and staggering, like you mentioned, Lake Cass and Marion County. I mean, it's it's thought out, but when when you turn on the faucet in the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Inevitably, there's going to be more water in the sinks, just the way yes. it's going to go. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones here, Ebony, because we've got more yeah. people who have uh, called in. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on the air. What's your name? Uh, good morning. It's uh, Larry. Vaughan. Good morning. What's up? Larry. You know, I think that uh, we are overlooking the main part of what's happening right now. This city is over $50 billion in debt that they floated on municipal bonds, right? Now, when they're not able to pay the dividends on those bonds, they call for the principal. I don't know if anybody knows about bonding issues and so forth. They call for the principal of those bonds. If the city doesn't have enough revenue to pay them, they can go and have a warrant cut and go to the treasurer and get that money. So what that means is, is that our taxes can go up maybe 30, 40%. So you're, you're going to be setting out on the curve if you own a home because you're not going to be able to pay that. On a $200,000 home, that's uh, $600 a year. The average person cannot pay that, especially when the assessments keep on going up. So what we have done is we've allowed ourselves and allowed our leaders to take us to a place here in the city of Indianapolis, Mayor Hogsett and the other city fathers. I'm surprised they let him do it. But what he has done, he has turned the city of Indianapolis by this 15-day extension into a place that's a hot spot. We're at forever stigmatized when our, our economy is based on conventions. It's based on sports and entertainment. So uh, nobody's going to come here. So, so if I'm following that- correctly, you're thinking that by him delaying our opening is negatively impacting us economically, and that's what we should be focused on? It's stigmatizing. You know, you know. I think what's more stigma. No, I I totally understand. I think what's more stigmatizing is if we had like a gazillion people die, like a gazillion more die because he opened too early. Like, are you at all concerned about that? Like, we're not in a spot right now where enough people have been tested. Um, We just started offering free testing. Let him answer. One hundred and thirty people die every day, day here in the state of Indiana. Right. Nobody is comparing those statistics, right? So that makes me think that there's too many contradictory assertions being made. They're not being questioned properly, and uh, they're not, not being cross-examined. We need to do that because we have now destroyed our uh, our, uh, our economy here in the state of Indiana. We've destroyed our schools. The kids will not be able to go back to school because we can't afford to do it. 
Johnson was out the other day begging for money. So uh, I think that we're, we're, we're opening a can of worms, and uh, it's impossible to fix it right now. All right, Larry, always uh, bringing us up to speed on something. Not always sure what, but bringing us somewhere. Yeah, I, I just, you know, we'll we'll have that conversation every week. So next Sunday, we'll pick it up again. We will um, indeed. Yeah. Um, but before we go to the next call, and then I want you to talk about the, the coronavirus test that you had before we get off the air here. Yeah. Uh, but just uh, to uh, run behind Larry with some actual data when it comes to uh, the coronavirus. We have 53 new deaths that were reported in the last 24 hours. Uh, the uh, latest numbers will come out today at noon. We are up to 676 new cases from the past 24 hours, bringing the state's total cases to 19,295. 19, Have we peaked yet? Certainly doesn't look like it. This week we saw Three of the highest days, the three highest days of new reporting on coronavirus numbers came this week. Uh, partially that first day was because of that outbreak that they had in Cass County, which is why Lake, Cass and Marion counties are still going to be under stay at home orders, at least until uh, May 15th here in Marion County. Let's go back to the phones uh, and see who this is on line one. Caller, you're on the air. What's your name? Hello? Hi, you're there. You're on the air. All right. All right. Hi, Next nope, caller. there she is. There she is. Hi, you're on the air. I I got disconnected. This okay. is Carrie. I got disconnected and just called back in and listening. Should okay. I just hang up? Well just hold well, just hold on. We got a couple more minutes and a couple more callers, but okay. you Go stay ahead. right stay right there. Ebony, you had um uh had a little fun yesterday. I know you got your oil changed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but you also got something stuck up your nose. Explain. Listen, it was um interesting. But I, I did it because um, I thought it was important to do. So after I got my oil change, and the funny thing is I left the house. I knew that free, that they were offering free testing at New Wineskin. Um, and that is my friend Jordan's um, church. Um, her dad is the pastor, Pastor Mark Brown. And I'm driving by, got my oil change, and I'm like, you know, I should just go on and get tested. You know, it's free. They they're not um, segmenting because before when it first started, it was like first responders and people that were symptomatic. I'm not either one. Um, so hadn't been able to take advantage of it before. But then yesterday I thought, OK, well, let me go ahead and do it. Pulled up. It was being run by IU Health. And it was just um, it was a very simple um, process. It took like 30 minutes from beginning to end. And I did have to get the nasal swab. Um, I posted a video of it on my story. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, it's at Ebony the Writer is my Instagram handle. And I put that on my stories. And the nasal swab felt like when you went swimming as a kid and the chlorine would go back up your nose the opposite way. So that's for us people that didn't know how to breathe properly in the water. Um, so it felt like that. And they had to do both sides. And in addition to that, so that test will come back in about 48 hours. They said that'll tell me if I currently have the virus. Again, I'm not symptomatic, haven't been having any problems, um, really don't believe that I do. But that will tell me if I do or not. And then they also took blood. They took a vial of blood where the antibodies will be studied and there will be some research done for them to really study this virus because there's still a lot that we don't know. So the blood will be studied and it will show if I have any antibodies, which mean that I had the virus at some point. 239-9696, 239-9696. We got just about three minutes left in the show. but well, uh, this flies by. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, if you uh, have been like Ebony, went and got that coronavirus test, tell us how it was. But uh, uh, Ebony, before we go, mm-hmm. um, you know, folks get frustrated. We saw the video in Chicago of, of people in that house party. Oh, uh, my God. Which was ridiculous. But then and we they also- had a nerve to have on masks. But we also see uh, uh, folks who who were out. You know, it was 85 degrees yesterday. Yeah. Uh, me and the missus, we went out driving. We drove. First of all, we were trying yeah, to I get... was looking fly, too. I seen the pictures. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, we accidentally matched, too. But we went to um, uh, Home Depot because we mm-hmm. were trying to get the yard together. Yeah. And we pulled up and there was a line wrapped in front of the building. So we didn't even get out of the car. We were mm-hmm. like, nope, if there's a line, that means there's too many people. We, yes. We're not doing that. Yeah. So then we went over to Menards and Avon. And then the line, again, wrapped down the building. I'm like, nope, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. So... We ended up getting us some tacos. We sat in the car, had a little picnic. We did our social distancing, but then we drove all around the city of Indianapolis. I went all, all, from one end in Avon to Washington Street Post Road, 
up to 56th wow. Street, came Cruising. back. So we, so we cruised. Yeah. But that's that's one thing. But that's a little bit different from what people were doing who were out there at 30th and Arlington and the cars. And that's giving a lot of people mixed reaction. Also, other people who stood in line over there at Long's Donuts on the uh, west side. I saw the pictures from the south side, too. Yeah. They were a little bit better social distance than the west side. But that's the kind of stuff. Those images are what's mm-hmm. concerning for people to now that things are um, opening up and people are going outside. How are things going to look at the yeah. hospitals in a week? Before we go, we got to get ready to go. I want to get this last caller in uh, very quickly here on the air. Caller, line two, you're quickly on the air. Go ahead. What, what's your name? Am I on the air? Yes, you are. You got 30 seconds. Hit it. Okay, I tell you what. Um, I think that we can't run from this virus. I mean, we, we've shut down enough. We can't run from it. It's here. Um, about 9% are dying from the virus from what I've seen. Uh, through personal uh, investigation from what I've done, uh, and I've looked at the numbers. Um, although it is more contagious, it's not as deadly as the flu, though. And, and I don't know why people don't want to talk about that. I don't know if the media is getting off on it. Um, but that's just from what I've seen. Let me it's ask you this, right? But it is less deadly. Let me, let me ask you this before you go. Uh, We've got just a couple seconds left on the show. Are you, I get you want to go outside, and that's fine. Everybody wants to get outside. But are you taking precautions and taking this seriously? Are you wearing a mask? Are you socially distanced? Do you not believe in that? Oh, no, absolutely. I believe in social distancing, and I believe in wearing a mask. But I also believe that, um, you know, we can't run from it forever. So, I mean, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to stay in our house forever? I mean, you, you know, eventually we have to come off lockdown because they're just it, the it, the United States is going to collapse if we don't. Really, the world's going to if if everybody does it that way. I mean, that's just the reality of it. I mean, maybe it's meant to happen. Maybe the world's supposed to collapse. I don't know. I you hope. Know? I certainly hope. I hope not. not either. I hope not. But All it's right. looking that way, ain't it? Uh, we will see. We will see. The lockdown nice. is over. I appreciate your call. Mm-hmm. You know, he brings up a point. You know, we we do have to get back out there, but it's yeah, it's eventually. about there. It's about doing it responsibly because we've yes. been told that this is going to come back. There will be another wave, and so we have to be responsible. Mm-hmm. We have to be prepared, and you don't want to overwhelm the hospitals. That's what the lockdown was about—not yeah. overwhelming the hospitals. But we know that this can come back, and if you are out there. Um, with a thousand people in a mm-hmm. concert or in a parking lot doing whatever, that's how this stuff spreads. We saw yes. an outbreak here in Indiana. It can happen. If it happened in Cass County at a meatpacking plant, it could happen in a parking lot on 38th and Arlington. It absolutely can. You know, you mentioned about those images. We talked about Long's Bakery, talked about out there on Arlington. Uh, I seen a video way on the East Coast in Central Park, thousands of people in the park. I fear that five years from now, 10 years from now, those images are going to haunt us because they're going to really underscore the selfishness that some of us exhibited during this time, the wisdom that we did not exhibit during this time. And uh, I just, I'm scared to see how we pay for it in the future. So sorry to end on that sad note, but that's just how I'm feeling. Well, that's reality, but you might not have to wait five years. It could be two weeks uh, as these people might have caught some symptoms and may be in the hospital next. So, uh, if you are going out, take this stuff seriously. Folks are dying. Uh, a lot of us that know someone who's had it. Remember I told you about my friend Robin? Yeah, she yeah. caught it again. Oh, my God. But she's okay. She's okay. okay. She, she caught yeah. it at work. But that just tells you how real this is. And yeah. this has been a real show, Ebony. I Very appreciate uh, the conversation that we had here on the air with the callers. We'll do it again. Same time next week. Same stations. Same station. Peace. All right. Have a great day. I'm Cameron Riddle for Ebony Chappelle and all of us here at Radio 1. Stay safe. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next Sunday live at 8.